You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjax.com. I'm going to read a scripture from Romans. And um, Romans is a book in the Bible that if there was a book or a class in school that you avoided going to, it would have been the Romans class because it was just all heavy theology. But what we know about the, the book of Romans is this, is that what Paul said in that book has shaped the church. It's what God uses to give us a lot of our boundaries that communicate to us about who he really is and his desires for us. And this is an important verse in the uh, sixth chapter, verse three to five. And this is what it says. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by, the, by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death, in, in death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. You see, a lot of people think that today that this is like a big bathtub and that when people go down into the bathtub, it's like they're covered with sin and they're dirty and they're like, oh, girlfriend, you did not just say that I'm going to get my sins cleansed today. That's not what's going to happen, okay? That's not what happens in baptism. But a lot of people think, yeah, I go down and my sins get washed away. But that's not what happens. What happens is baptism is a symbol, is a sign, is a reminder to us that we are new in Christ, that we are a new creation and that the old self, who we used to be, is totally gone. And what Paul's telling us here in the, book of, in the book of Romans, he's saying, look, he's like, certainly, if you go down in the death, and that's what sim- symbolized in baptism, is that when you go under the water, that's like death. Because what would happen if I kept all the baptism, if I kept them all underwater for like 10 minutes, what would happen to them? They would die, physically die. And then we have to pray for resurrection. If it didn't happen, I'd probably lose my job. So we're not going to do that. And so we're not actually going to kill people. It's a symbol. It's a symbol or a sign to us all of the death that Jesus suffered on the cross and that we're united with him in that death, that we are like, we're made one with him. When we decide like these candidates have decided, I want to follow Jesus. I love Jesus. I want to be a part of his family. When we decide to be a part of Jesus' family, that we're united with him in his death and that just like Jesus died, When we go under the water, we're saying, my old self has died. And what I mean by that is like all my selfish desires, my desires to build my kingdom, my desires to make myself happy, my desires to be the first and most important person in my life. I'm letting go of that. I'm dying to that so that I can rise to life in Christ. And that's what's symbolized whenever we come out of the water, as we celebrate on Easter Sunday, what happens? The resurrection, right? We, ce- we celebrate the resurrection on Easter morning when Jesus rises from the grave. And that's what happens also. So whenever we, the people come out of the water, we're celebrating our, our union, our relation, union, like they know what that means. Our relationship, our connectedness with Jesus. Just a, and so Paul's saying, just as you're connected in his death, certainly then you're gonna be connected with him in the life and the old self, the way he used to be is totally gone. It's totally gone. That's why when people come out of the water, we like, oh yeah, they're saved. And we're dancing and we're happy and we're excited and we stand up and we cheer. If you saw someone raised from the dead, like they were in their grave and you were at a funeral 
And you saw all of a sudden, they're like, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. And a hand popped through the grave. You'd be like, oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> and you'd go crazy. Like, you'd be scared, wouldn't you? A little scared. But then, whenever they got out, they dust themselves off. They're like, I'm alive. Like, you would celebrate, and you would shout for joy, and you would be like, this is awesome. I want what they got. I don't know what kind of pill they took when they went down, but I want some of that when they get up. But that's what happens. That's what we're celebrating. It's just like, that's exactly what it's a picture of. Baptism is a picture of someone coming up out of the grave and who they were dead to, who they used to be, is no longer. And that is the promise and the hope that Jesus brought through Philip to the Ethiopian, this far away person who wasn't a Jew, who wasn't allowed in church, who wasn't allowed in the temple, who everyone had given up on, who had power, who had lots of resources, had the king's ear. To everyone else, it appeared like he doesn't even need God. But God said, I love him. I wanna be with him. And one day, each and every one of you, each and every one of you will have the same opportunity that the the eunuch did. To come out of the water, to be alive in Christ, to be made alive in Christ. And for some of you, that will happen today. Some of you have come to participate and to watch what's going to happen from a distance. But Jesus is going to bring Philip and you're going to hear and you're hearing the good news of Jesus preached right now. And right now your heart is being transformed and changed so that you would choose to lay and die to your old self and become alive in Christ. The message, this other heretical Bible that we read for devotions, not for study, is awesome in how it presents this picture of Romans. It says this, it's not heretical. I love Eugene Peterson. I love the message, but it's not a study Bible, people. All right, here we go. This is, what, this is what the message says right here. It says this. That is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life and a new land. That's what baptism, baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace-sovereign country. You see, baptism is the visible expression. It's a reminder to all of us of the work of Jesus Christ in the heart of his children. And at River City Church, you know, we celebrate and rejoice when we see God transform life. And we have testimonies every week of God healing people physically, healing people emotionally, healing people spiritually. But make no mistake, what we will witness today is the most powerful miracle of all. It is the eternal miracle of transformation that has occurred in the life of our 15 candidates. People who were dead, literally in the grave, who will pop out and come alive who have been made alive in Christ. The reality though, is for many of us, even the children in here, 
is it's hard to believe that God would love us that much. We almost think, no, I'm farther out than the eunuch. I'm farther out than the person you described. If God really knew what I've done, then his love couldn't reach me. Or maybe even for some of us, believers and candidates, people who have known the Lord for a long time, we don't really believe in this reality that Jesus loves me unconditionally, that Jesus loves me no matter what. It's like we're, we're the lost romantic who we see in the movies, right? And this is our behavior with God. This is really what we believe. If we're honest about it or not, this is our greatest struggle. And it's the reason we have baptisms together as a family because we have to remind each other, no, 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 this isn't right. But we believe this is right, isn't it? When we're like, oh, I've just come to know Jesus. His love is so great. This is wonderful. He loves me. And then we're like, oh, I just had a bad thought. Oh, must love me not. Oh, and then I went to church. He loves me. And then I looked at something on the internet I shouldn't have, and he loves me not. And then we go forward for ministry, and he touches me with the power of his spirit. And, oh, man, God does love me. And then we go home that afternoon, and we have one or two or three or four beers too many, and he loves me not. Or in our dating relationships, he loves me not. Or he loves me whenever I go and have a quiet time. Or he loves me not whenever I punch my sister in the nose because she makes me angry. Tommy would never do that, would he? No, never. Or I made a funny face at my brother. He loves me not. God must love me because God saw that. He must not love me. But that's not true. And so I better, I better do something nice for him. I better do this. I better do that so that God will love me. But that's not an accurate picture of life to the full. Does this flower look alive now? No. No, it looks like a sad flower, doesn't it? It's a very sad flower now. This flower, would anybody say this flower has life to the full? I have life to the full. I am flower with life. No, this is death flower. That's not a picture of what it looks like to be with Jesus and to walk with Jesus. But this is how we live. This is what we believe. No, instead, this is how God sees us. This is how we should be realizing the reality of God's love is so great for believer and non-believer. His love is so tremendous. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. Oh, I did this to my sister. Guess what? God still loves me. I, was, I, I back talked to my parents. God still loves me. I know parents, grace is uncomfortable whenever we really take a good look at it. I got an F in school. God still loves me. God 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 loves me. This is where the illustration breaks down because this too looks like a dead flower. I'm not going to break it though. Be alive. If that grows petals back today, that would be amazing. Wait a second. Just give it a chance. Nope, nope. It's not about the water. And so the reason we have baptisms, the reason we gather, the reason we don't go isolate on the beach and we just do it one at a time, the reason we gather as a family is because we have to remind each other, yeah, yeah, you messed up, but guess what? God still loves you. Your life's a wreck. Yep, 
God still loves you. My life's a wreck, but God still loves me. That is grace. Great is awkwardly, awkwardly uncomfortable if we really understand it. But that's the grace sovereign land that we have been invited into that, that, that Paul's talking about here. That God loves us, period. That God is love is the way John talks about him, period. God is love. It doesn't mean that God approves of all of our life. I'm preaching on that next week. How can God love us and not approve of us? Well, he, he can. I'll explain that next week. It doesn't mean that God approves of every area of our life, but it means that God is love and that he loves us regardless of our behavior. And so we gather together today to see the sign and the symbol of that love for them to remind us. But we commit to them as a church to consistently not judge, but remind them as they fail, as they slip, as they fall, that they are still loved by us, that they are still loved by God.